Somewhere in the bowels of the city that never sleeps. Kevin McCullough, radio host with Salem Media. Is a man also not sleeping. Syndicated radio talk show host Kevin McCullough. And that guy would like a word with you. Many of you know him from as Lutz Fridamas. Of course that Kevin show is going to be great. The only thing that could be greater, of course, would be that Donald show. But we don't have that, so we have that Kevin show. Featuring the music of Dick Tunney and the Dream in Color Orchestra. And yet to come tonight on That Kevin Show, an activated supermom who's had it up to here, Jacqueline Toberoff. And how much comedy can one daddy handle? Luke Thayer has the answer. And they are a sucker for it. The Jonas Brothers return to the spotlight this hour. Now, from Times Square, where Martha Stewart, fresh off her Sports Illustrated swimsuit cover, longs to be TV's next bachelorette. But only if she can see the men first. Here. Here's that Kevin! Um, someone needs to get me a notepad. Because I need to fill out a dismissal slip for announcer Dave. You cannot, you cannot take my news story and use it for your, your slug. What do you mean? Right here, number seven. From assignment desk weekend. I well then then check ahead of time. But you can't take you can't take my story and throw the punchline before I get a chance to. That's not right. It's not the it's not the announcer Dave. It's not that announcer Dave show. It's that Kevin show. Anyway, welcome in hour number two. I'm only kidding. I'm not gonna fire him. I'm not pleased though. I don't want him. I don't want him taking my material. I work too hard on this. I write every single piece of copy that we use here. I'm not. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put up with. It. Okay, assignment desk weekend. Let's get it going. Yes, 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 indeed. Uh, speculation is building over a Russian warlord. Possibly challenging Vladimir Putin in 2024, Yegevny uh currently commands the Wagner mercenaries, known for their extreme brutality, also happens to be a convicted criminal and a former hot dog salesman. So, you know, he's got the perfect resume to be the Russian president. Just ask uh, Mr. Putin. Uh, a little bit closer to home, Sam Britton, the uh, former Biden energy official who was convicted of stealing $3,500 worth of name brand luggage that had also some jewelry in it and other things. He's been rearrested. Evidently, uh, grand theft wasn't enough. He needed to come back and add to it. No, he's, he's a fugitive of justice. He's not showing up for his parole meetings or whatever they do. And I think that's a little bit disappointing because I think his real crime is uh, wearing burnt orange in public. Congresswoman Maxine Waters seen here attempting to <clears throat> win a staring contest with a statue 
is very disappointed that the Durham report completely debunked what she called her guarantee that Donald Trump had colluded with Russia. When asked her response to the report, she was seen mumbling and muttering under her breath, tell McCullough I'll knife him in the back. Yeah. Wendy's is experimenting with a new version of chatbot AI. Yeah, that hasn't left yet. Uh, this is going to allow a robot to take your order in the drive-thru, which is perfect when you think about it, because what do we really need more from our fast food establishments? Uh, how could it, how could we ask for anything more except less quality customer service while we're being told to, Hey, pull ahead. The fries will be out in five minutes. We just put them in. MSNBC's Rachel Maddow seen here doing her best Johnny Depp impersonation. But why is the rum gone? Uh, saying there's just no way that she could have been that wrong for that long when it comes to, um, the findings of the uh, Durham report. She blasted it, actually. Uh, because if there's one thing we've learned from Rachel, you should always trust the woman who told you literally every night for two years that the vaccine would end COVID for good. Promise you. Lots of promises tonight. New York City is claiming to have lost about a half million residents since the start of the COVID-19 outbreak. The announcement took former Governor Andrew Cuomo completely by surprise. In fact, when he heard the actual number, he, he muddled, uh, muttered to himself, huh, I guess that nursing home thing worked better than I thought. Finally, at 81, Martha Stewart has set a new record as Sports Illustrated's oldest cover model. Based on the reaction from... Someone, the longtime powerhouse is fielding other offers. She's even gone so far as to volunteer herself to the heads at ABC as the next bachelorette with one condition. He said, I'll be the next bachelorette with one condition. She gets to see the contestants ahead of time. Because that's what we want for our daughters' role models, right? We, we, we want them to grow up and be just like Martha and base all romance on unrealistic perfection handpicked by central casting. Now, that's good for them. Now, finally, finally, Michelle Obama seen here delighting in the torture of her neighbor's cat has developed a new juice drink that is so unhealthy how unhealthy it is it's so unhealthy that it would fail her own school dietary standards now you may not remember this but i remember it like it was yesterday she's the one that said no more nacho cheese sauce in public schools you remember that that was terrible couldn't believe we did that to the kids i loved that nacho cheese sauce that nacho cheese sauce was like heaven for some of us when we got it when we were kids that's terrible for you, you give you a heart attack by 13 but you, you, I just got to tell you, the you wanted the nacho cheese sauce. Come on. I don't know why it's uh, why it's so impossible. Anyway, uh, th so this drink, this juice drink that she's got, evidently has stevia and some other natural sugars. And when you put them all together, it still turned up too unhealthy to pass what would have uh, been expected for her own school dietary standards and, and, and protocols. Um, and she said, it's all about the money. 
I don't care. And besides that uh, wilted broccoli stalk flavor didn't test well. And now it's time to check that Kevin shows presidential voicemail. Yeah, Kev, it's Senator Biden from Delaware. Uh, President Harris and I believe this will be a boring election. Not much to see here. Yeah, Kev hates Donald, your favorite. Listen, I expect him to say that kind of thing, especially since the Durham report proved that he tried to frame me. Yeah, Kev, it's Ted Cruz. You know, what this race really needs is someone who'll just spend lots and lots of money and, and end up going nowhere. Kind of like Senator Scott from South Carolina. Hi, it's Hillary. You know, what this race really needs is a woman's touch. Hey, it's Bill. I think Hillary's onto something, that woman's touch thing. Hey, Kevin, it's Michelle Obama. You know, there have been people saying that I should run. But you know I hate politics. It's Senator Biden again. Could someone define for me what a woman is? I can. It's Kamala. Someone needs to let Joe know that it's all about the pronouns. Hey, Kev, it's Tucker. This election should be all about the freedom to speak. And thanks to Elon, you can see me speak nightly now for only $7.99 a month. Hey, Kev, it's Donald again. Love that Tucker guy. This race doesn't need Nikki, the sanctimonious pants, or that well-spoken guy from South Carolina. This race needs lots and lots of money. A woman's touch. Girl, you got that right. It needs an Obama, like me. <laughs> Discombobulated, rambling sentences that don't make much sense. Free speech, and I'm your guy, $7.99. Thanks, Elon. No, Kev, what this race needs is the Donald. And I'm here, baby. And that wraps up this edition of Assignment Desk Weekend. Kevin McCullough saying stick around. Most of our two is still ahead. Plus, a return from the Jonas Brothers before we're all done. It is That Kevin Show. Ready or not, we'll be right back. come here in hour number two. Jonas Brothers return to the Music Spotlight stage. You don't want to miss that uh, before we're done. Now, I'm very excited to have my next guest uh, with us on That Kevin Show for the very first time. Because when I first met her, she was a mom who had had enough. Uh, she's someone who doesn't follow the woke stream of uh, garbage that is uh, being shoveled her way, even though she lives in a very woke city, the island of Manhattan just a few blocks from where we are. But here's the thing. One mom can make a difference. And she came this close to being 
a representative on New York's city council, and she has continued her fight long past her uh, last political endeavors, and I am glad to see that. She's now writing for Human Events, and she has a new book that will be coming out in the near future. We'll be talking about all of that. But ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together, and please welcome my friend Jacqueline Toberoff. Thank you. Jacqueline, how are you? Hi, I'm great, Kevin. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being here. We wanted to welcome you to the new digs and uh, appreciate you being here. Uh, your your book we're going to talk about in a little bit is kind of representative of your own story. I think of you as kind of being a super mom. But uh, tell us a little bit about how you found yourself in the middle of what you're doing now. Um, I really had no career prior to 2020. I was a single stay-at-home mom taking care of two children who were then eight and 12 years old, and everything just kind of hit the fan, and I had had enough. I've, I've born and raised in Manhattan, raising my children in Manhattan. Things were getting progressively more dangerous, more financially stressful, um, and a degraded quality of life. I decided to run for city council to not complain, but to actually do something about it. And it was one of the best experiences of my life. Um, I got to learn about fundraising, about policy implementation. Um, I built up a network of like-minded people. I had to learn how to recruit people that weren't on my side. I'm a Republican. Uh, but that who were Democrats and independents and find a way to work together with them and recruit them over and sell myself. Um, because, of course, their issues are my issues. And while I lost, I had three huge wins. I helped flip the only area in, in Manhattan to go from blue to red, which was Chinatown. I was the first female GOP ever in that seat to get full matching funds. And I got the highest Republican turnout ever for that seat. I ran on a pro-parental right platform, and everything then comes from that. Uh, safety, economic freedom, everything that impacts the parents is what I ran on. Well, it was it was fun to watch. It was fun to cheer you on from the sidelines in that endeavor. And it's just a near impossible thing in Manhattan for Republicans to win. But you did something that was rather smart. You took something that everybody cared about across the board, uh, regardless of what their political affiliation is. Parents love their children, or at least they're supposed to, and the state is supposed to let them love their children. But Jackie, since you ran for office, you know that the woke um, idealism of the White House and this administration has done nothing but explode, particularly in public policy and particularly in the effort to transition kids against their parents' permission in the public schools in different ways, uh, introducing CRT and other inappropriate curriculum on them. And these are some of the things that you spoke up about. In a very woke society, can someone who doesn't have a woke ideology cut through all that noise? Yeah, it seems like actually the only people that are pro-woke, pro-CRT, pro-transitioning uh, children uh, happen to be the teachers' unions and candidates that are running on the Democrat platform. Parents across the board do not want this. They reject it. Whether they are Black, white, Asian, whether they are rich or poor, uh, no matter what their religion, parents unite on these issues, on wanting, as you say, a solid 
traditional core curriculum of wanting to keep sex and politics outside of school. And again, th these are not hard issues to sell. We all, I mean, look, again, I'm from Manhattan. All of my friends are Democrats. And I've got tons in common with all of my friends. If I were to say to one of my Democrat friends, do you want your child who's in kindergarten to learn about transitioning, that Democrat parent would be apoplectic. It's again, the teachers unions and these Democrat candidates and elected officials that push it. No one's interested. And speak to that for a second. The apathy of the voter is what those power mongers kind of play off of. And they count on getting very low turnout in particularly New York City and Chicago and Los Angeles, these types of places. They plan on getting very, very low turnout. Therefore, they're able to kind of stock the turnout with their kind of, um, you know, muscle bosses that tell the people how to vote. That's right. So after I lost my bid for city council, I helped Lee Zeldin, who was running against Kathy Hochul, come up with Moms for Lee. And I intentionally looked to stock this coalition of moms with independents and dependents, knowing, despite that I'm a Republican, he already has my vote. Right. So it was, it was crucial to this endeavor that we get these people who wouldn't have necessarily voted Republican before, but were now all amped up. Look, Lee Zeldin almost took it. There was a referendum. The tide is changing. Parents have had enough. Um, the real disconnect seems to be, again, mainstream media and the teachers union pushing something and keeping it hidden from parents. So they deny that CRT is being taught. They change these acronyms constantly. DEI is now DEIB. There's SEL, there's DEI, there's CRT. There's so much going on and parents don't know where to look. So a lot of times what the Republicans or just common sense people are up against is educating Democrats and independents. Hey, and even Republicans, by the way, they don't know necessarily right. what's in the schools, just letting them know what's going on, showing them the reading list, which is terrifying at a lot of these public schools and soon to be private schools as they unionize. Um, not talking down to anyone, but just again, recruiting them via these common sense core beliefs that most of us share. Um, we're speaking with Jackie Toberoff, uh, and she is the author of a book soon to be published called Super Moms. Going to tease that in the next segment. But for what we have left in this segment, uh, well, let's begin a conversation real quickly, Jacqueline, on this idea that the unions are now pushing into the private schools. This has disaster, in my mind, written all over it. I can't believe that uh, a lot of uh, church-based or religious-based schools are going to have much use for this. But what is happening? Very few people know about this. Very few private school parents know about this. And everyone should care about it, whether they're in public or private school, because if the teachers union, and they are, take over private schools, this topples the argument for school choice. School choice is only relevant if there is a choice. If public schools are taken over by the teachers union, and they will be within the next three years, there is no school choice other than paying an exorbitant tuition. On that thought there, we're coming right back with Jacqueline, to uh, Jacqueline Toberoff. You can follow her on Instagram, uh, Jacqueline Toberoff. Coming right back. Ready or not, we'll be right back.
Now, back to that Kevin show with Kevin McCullough. And we're back from New York. Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us and so glad to have my guest, uh, Jackie Tobolov, back with us, a former candidate for city council in New York City. Those of you in Tallahassee, I know you're sitting there going, well, why are you having her on, Kev, if she just ran for a local office? Because she has a book that's coming out that is going to apply to every mom across the board, no matter what part of the country you live in. We're going to get into that in just a second. But she writes for Human Events, and this particular issue that she's written about Talking about the kind of unionization of private schools is something that uh, everyone needs to be aware of. Jackie, you said before the break that if the private schools get unionized, it essentially ceases to make a distinction between what public schools and private schools would be getting. Surely the private schools understand this and know that as long as they're not taking public money, they don't have to do this. Why Why are the private school... Um, managers, the the administrators in these places, uh, even open to it? That's the million dollar question. The only thing that makes any sort of sense is private schools are feeders to Ivy Leagues. And perhaps they want to appeal to their parent body that wants these schools to continue sending their children to Harvard, Yale, etc. And those Ivy League schools demand a certain amount of CRT, DEI, uh, and woke ideology so that these kids that are coming in are primed. It's very difficult to indoctrinate someone who is 18, 19, who has been taught to be a critical thinker. It's very easy to get someone that from the age of five has already been uh, sexually exploited and hyper-focused on race. Well, it's it's it goes a long way towards my friend Dennis Prager's viewpoint that uh, the modern university is really more or less useless now. And what we need to be focusing on is traditional education and getting people to think properly. It's amazing what a few people who have been able to think well but did not go to college have, have been able to accomplish. And I'd like to see a lot more of that uh, down the road. Reader at Human Events, that's where she uh, is published regularly. Uh, and then follow her on Instagram uh, and Twitter and uh, whatever other outlet. Are you on Truth Social as well? I am, but I haven't been on in a long time. I mean, <laughs> Instagram right. and Twitter. Um, yeah, so just look for Jacqueline Tobaroff wherever uh, your favorite social media is. And if she's not on it, send her a note and say, hey, you need to be on this one. Um, Jacqueline, you've got a book coming out next month, and I love the the title, Super Moms. Um, what, what's the concept behind the book and why would you write it? Okay, so the title has kind of shifted. I'm in my second round of edits, so let me just read it. It's Super Moms Activated, 12 Profiles of Hero Moms Leading the American Revival. I wrote it because starting in 2020, the veil was lifted and all of these mothers activated. They have started the American Revival. These are mothers that have impacted policy, effectuated change, They have lobbied. They have started advocacy groups. They have brought this fight against CRT uh, before legal apparatuses. They've started their own schools. And what's happening is it's like a prairie fire. It's metastasizing. And this is really the only movement that matters, protecting our children and the American revival. So I focused on these 12 moms. They are absolute powerhouses. One of them is Tina Deskovich from... 
Moms for Liberty. Another one is Kimberly Fletcher from Moms for America. Another is Astra Namani, who is a best-selling author. She's one of the moms that stormed the school board and who is bringing the fight against CRT to the Supreme Court. And if she wins, it will set precedent. Um, I interviewed Sarah Gonzalez from The Blaze, who is famous for disrupting the uh, drag queen reading hours for all ages and uh, uh, other moms are in the book but these are just powerhouses that have not stopped they have risked everything from cancellation to being thrown out of their jobs their schools relocation and they are fearless i have i've noted that at certain points in in particularly women's lives when they get to that stage where they really have the veil pulled back for you it was 2020 for a lot of people, it was 2020. Uh, it wasn't that our government institutions only then became corrupt and started doing bad stuff. It was that we started seeing it for the first time. We started seeing what uh, our educators were teaching our kids through the Zoom lessons that they were taking, and they were they were horrified at it. And there is something very powerful about what you're tapping into here, because when moms who have gotten to that stage where their kids are pretty independent and they're not necessarily in need of them for every minute of every day, and they have the ability to use time to, to go and work on things that they strongly care about, magic happens. And that's what you've captured in the stories of the 12 women that are in your book, Super Moms. And I want people to pre-order it. Go to Amazon, go to Barnes & Noble, uh, order your copy now so that when it comes out next month, you've already got it uh, in your hand like the day that it comes out. Jacqueline Toberoff, so good to see you. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Kevin McCullough, live from New York, and we return. Ready or not, he'll be right back. That Kevin. Now, back to that Kevin show. Kevin McCullough. And we're back from New York. So glad to have you with us. The heart of Times Square. Uh, yet to come still, another visit by the Jonas Brothers. Another new song from their brand new uh, record called The Album. That's all straight ahead. But first to the Dry Bar Comedy Stage and Luke Thayer. Parenting's hard too. And I'm a dad. You know, got a little three-year-old. You know, parenting is really hard. I do not know how my wife does it. It is hard. <laughs> Looks hard, man. <laughs> I feel like dads, we all kind of parent like the way we treat cardio, like 30 minutes a day and I'm done, right? <laughs> this is hard, right? I'm tired, I need a nap and a protein shake, you know? This. <laughs> An entire pandemic with a three-year-old. Where is my trophy, right? That's what I should be getting, a trophy for this, because it's hard, like, you know, and I have a very smart little girl, too. Like, she's three and a half, and she can read already. I'm like, I didn't learn how to read until I was in first grade. So I got her a little book. It's called, So You Think You're Better Than Me. Huh? <laughs> Man, I think, you know, mothers, the thing about mothers is they connect with the child immediately. Right? And dads, we have to learn how to do it because they have them in the body and we just have to get to know them like, you know, joining a frat or something like that. You meet them afterwards. 
it's hard because everybody told me too, you're going to love this baby more than you love anything in your life. And I'm like, look, I got Xbox Live, so <laughs> let's not get too crazy with this. <laughs> Sweet little girl, but I think she's always messing with me. I, I don't know. It's, she's, she's too smart or something like that. Because she asked me the other day, she goes, Dad, what do I look like? I'm like, honey, it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside. What really matters is who you are on the inside. And you're beautiful because you care about others and you're loving and kind to your neighbor. And she goes, no, I'm a bunny rabbit. I'm like, oh, got me. For some reason, whatever a toddler does is somehow cute to everybody on the planet. But if a grown man does it, it's disgusting and disturbing, right? Like she, she would walk into the middle of the living room, stare me in the eyes. Her face would turn beet red, and she would poop her pants. And, and everybody seemed to love that. Let's get a picture for Instagram. This is a TikTok. This is going to be great, right? Yeah, but if Uncle Steve does it, he can't come to Thanksgiving anymore. <laughs> All right, it's working its way around. It's working its way around there. This guy still didn't clap. I'm going to be honest. Though. At the end, when I get the standing ovation, you're part of this, buddy. Right. <laughs> Man. The thing is, like, you know, the way I grew up, I don't know if we're going to be able to quite raise her the same way. Because, like, well, I'm in a parenting group. My parents didn't go to parenting groups. And so I'm trying to figure this out. Like, the thing is, there's always one mom in these parenting groups that makes the whole thing about herself. Right? I don't know if you know these moms, but I mean, like, just this past week, one of the moms like, guys, if we could just take a moment, I wanted to share a little thing going on in my life. I had a revelation. I learned I'm my own worst critic. I'm like, well, Rachel, you have not heard what the rest of us have been saying about you. <laughs> We got a whole separate thread criticizing you. <laughs> you must be saying some really bad things to yourself then. Wow. <laughs> and it's always that mom that wants to give me advice, too. She's like, I've got some books for you, Luke. You're going to love these. We've got the food training book and the potty training book and the sleep training book. I'm like, look, I'm an old-fashioned guy, and I'm going to do this the old-fashioned way. I'm going to mess up the first kid, try to fix the second. All right? <laughs> now, I grew up uh, with a preacher dad. I'm a PK. My dad's a preacher. And so his advice to me about parenting, this was his entire advice. He goes, all you got to do is read the Bible. There you go. So, I read the Bible, and do you guys know what it says about parenting? The very first verse I saw, it goes, uh, if a child is disobedient, stone them to death. I'm like, I don't even think they like spanking anymore. I don't know if I can do that one. Right? There's a prophet there in there, Elijah, right? And kids were like making fun of him, causing him trouble. You know what he did? He had bears eat them, right? That's the parenting advice my dad is giving to me. Although when my daughter's a teenager, that one will come in handy. <laughs> Man. Man. They, don't, they don't discipline kids, though, the way they used to. You know, I grew up in Indiana, and, and now I see the way that parents raise their kids. You know, I grew up in Indiana, and my dad's a preacher. We didn't have any money. 
right? My dad's old and broke, which is a horrible combination. My inheritance is going to be this giant bag of sweet and low packets. My mom has been stealing from Denny's for the last 35 years, right? <laughs> he used to say, we're rich in spirit, okay? I'm like, well, can the spirit get me a bike? No, he's broke too. So... <laughs> So that's how I grew up, no money. And I noticed rich parents, when their kids are being bad in public, they don't discipline their children. They have conversations with them, like, excuse me, Erasmus, could you tell me why you weren't being helpful at the farmer's market like the adults? I'm like, because he's two. That's why. That's not how I grew up. When a kid was being bad in public where I'm from, then it was an event for all of us, right? We'd just go to the store and you'd hear, Cooter? Cooter, get over here. Or you're going to sass me hearing from all these good people and Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I don't think so. I'm going to rip your face off. Then I'm going to spank you with it. I'm going to spank you with your own face. So Jesus, me, and you can see yourself getting spanked. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you'll learn something this time. Do it. Do it, because I swear to heaven above, you give me that stink eye one more time and make me get up out of my rascal scooter. I will kick you in the throat with my club foot. How about that? Yeah, that'll be your Merry Christmas at the Walmarts, won't it? Boom. There we go. Even this guy clapped on that one. How about that? I mean, you didn't put your popcorn down, but I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, man. Ready or not, we'll be right back. That Kevin. Serving it up with a no-drink minimum. It's that Kevin show.
And of course, if you want any of the songs from the Music Spotlight stage, just go to Apple Music or Spotify and enter New Music Spotlight for That Kevin Show. And you should be able to find the uh, current list. And we even post those before the episode goes live on Saturday night. So check it out. You might get uh, tipped off as to what the new songs might be. And again, uh, at the end of this year, we will be doing a listener poll to uh, determine Song of the Year. So be uh, thinking and being ready to vote now as we go along. Special thanks to everybody. The Dream and Color Orchestra, Dick Tunney, Sam Levine, David Cleveland, Tony Mora. Uh, also, Roma Daravi of Daravi Strategies. Jacqueline Toberoff is with us tonight. Luke Thayer, Drybark Comedy. Uh, Joe Jonas, Kevin Jonas, Nick Jonas, the Jonas Brothers, uh, the singer-songwriters in the uh, spotlight tonight. And, of course, my incredible team uh, doing the booking. Uh, Alex Garrett, Owen Buckley, Eric Hastings, Ivan Quinones uh, behind the scenes, making sure everything goes as smoothly as possible. I'm Kevin McCullough. So glad to have you with us each week. Please join us every Saturday night. If you ever miss it, go to YouTube, Instagram, or Rumble. And just search That Kevin Show. We've always got it online for you. Never behind a paywall. And we'll see you again next week right here.